Welcome to this week's episode of Service Tension. We have two exciting guests on the show today, Jalen and Ariman, and we're going to be talking about something that's on a lot of people's minds, especially when they're graduating college, but also throughout the rest of their lives, and that is travel, world travel, how to travel, and why to travel in general. Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of people listening will know, but I live with Jalen and Ariman. We live in a senior house together. But for those listening who don't know you guys, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hey guys, I'm Arimon. I'm a senior. Like Sharachal, I live with him in the senior house, majoring in finance. I'm from Mumbai, India originally. Been very fortunate to travel to around 19 countries, which for some people can be a lot, some people isn't a lot. For me, it's never going to be enough. But yeah, that's a little bit about who I am. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Grant and Sharad. My name is Jalen Patel. I'm also a senior here at the University of Illinois, studying actuarial science, minor in computer science. You know, over the years during my college uh, career, I uh, spent a lot of time between academic and cultural organizations, but took the opportunity uh, last year to spend six months in Vienna, Austria. I'm excited to talk a little bit about that experience here today. Cool. Yeah. So for context, me and Ariman are both international and then Jalen studied abroad, obviously. So I guess the first topic that uh, we wanted to kind of discuss is why travel? Why is it important to travel? Describe some of your personal philosophies on traveling. Yeah, I can get us started here. I would say, you know, the big reason that I seek out travel is because it it's an opportunity for you to, you know, reinvent yourself. I think sometimes we oftentimes get stuck in a comfortable mode, something that we're used to or in a routine. Uh, but travel kind of throws, you know, a wrench in that and allows you to be adaptable, expand your worldview. And I think ultimately, you know, the biggest thing that I got from going in and spending six months in Vienna, Austria was learning a little bit more about uh, what actually excites me, what my passions are, ultimately how I want to spend my time following graduation. And I think that's a big thing that can be uncovered from travel. Yeah, I kind of agree with everything that Jalen just said. But just to bounce off of that as well, I think for me, it's always been the novelty of travel and most of the destination because whenever I'm traveling, I always try to go to a new place or if I'm in a familiar place, I want to do something different or something completely new. And that allows me to explore, I think, cultures, religions, regions, food, whatever it is that that place is unique for or it's known to be unique and have special about it. Travel allows me to explore that in ways in which I think living in a city doesn't necessarily allow you to do. That being said, when I spoke to Jalen last semester about travel, we both agreed that living in a city is how you also want to explore it once you're traveling there because yeah. you got to do that at a much slower pace. And I think that's something which I've tried to do in my more recent travels as well. And I solo traveled to, Viet uh, to Vietnam this winter and that's something which I really tried to... It's around 10 days, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I guess like Jalen, you made a good point about reinventing yourself. One story I remember uh, you telling me personally from your study abroad in Vienna was how you went and DJed for uh, restaurants and kind of just random places, right? Could you tell that story? The story was, <laughs> you know, I had spent a lot of this time traveling to different cities in the middle of my abroad trip and had spent a lot of money. So, you know, my first plan of action for looking to make a little bit of money in a city that I didn't have a work visa, didn't necessarily know uh, the language to perform at a business acumen. So I couldn't have been like a barista or anything like that either, but ultimately kind of stumbled upon these two, uh, kids who were in my, uh, international negotiations class. Uh, they had arrived roughly like a month after I did. They were from, uh, I think Gainesville, Florida, 
uh, pair of twins and they, you know, just expressed to me that, Hey, we DJ back at home. Uh, we're hosting a party this weekend. Do you want to come out? And I just kind of merely suggested that I've been here for, you know, a month now. Uh, I know a few places in town that I think, uh, have a pretty cool vibe that you guys might be interested in DJing at. Let me see if we all want to maybe go together and, and scope it out. And so hmm. long story short, kind of ended up becoming the manager for. <laughs> two uh twins from florida back home and <laughs> sat awesome. behind sat behind the dj booth with them for a few nights that we we went to probably like 50 some places in town that i had either previously been to or heard great things from friends that i had made in the few months that i was there saying that this is a place to be at night and so out of those 50 some places we had a conversation with about DJing we had four different you know Friday Saturday nights for a few weekends and through that was able to afford another trip that, that's pretty sweet that's I think most people when they travel I haven't been international for for a long period of time but being out there I'm sure it can get expensive and then figuring out hustles or ways to make money especially with the visa problem I think jumping back really quick I think we'll dive into it a little bit deeper later but you mentioned how traveling to another country kind of lets you reset a little bit or to see things in not a routine way is that a feeling that's still stuck with you post those six months i know those feelings can kind of uh really be strong right after you go on a trip like that or experience like that has it kind of stuck with you to this point totally i i think people often sometimes feel as if you have to travel to a big time destination or you know such a lengthy duration trip in order to feel these opportunities of reinvention so i mean champagne is an uh, ideal example of this you know coming mm -hmm. back Champagne itself is not the most glamorous uh, city, Definitely. Uh, but coming back, realized that there are several aspects of both Champagne and Urbana that I have yet to explore, both with, you know, as myself or even with my friends. And I think that's an opportunity, again, to meet new people, have new experiences, regardless of whatever glamour or excitement that the city itself can offer. That makes me think of uh, the analogy of, like, you're sitting in a room and... There's nothing that's that interesting, right? It's like a plain room, but then you zoom in and there's all this bacteria. You zoom in and then there's atoms and whatever. There's always things to find that are interesting in any given environment. Uh, so I guess kind of naturally moving on from there, is there, now that we've talked about why to travel, how do you guys go about choosing where to travel? It seems like there's a lot of maybe even uh, tourist traps online where there'll be Instagram posts saying you need to go to this location. Like this location is, I like to use the words we were just using, glamorous or exciting. How do you guys go about choosing the locations you travel and how do you avoid the places that are not actually as, as good as they would appear? Yeah, I can take that one. I think talking first to your first question about choosing where I want to travel, I always look at what do, where, I'm, where I'm right now in the world. So if I'm in Mumbai, for example, where I'm from, what can I not do in Mumbai? Or what can I do in Mumbai that I would want to do somewhere else mm. in a completely different environment? So it's also looking at your own likes and preferences, your dislikes. So for example, I'm someone who likes to do really as much as I can in as short of a period of time. I want to have good weather. I want to do something adventurous. I want to maybe get a bit of culture, a bit of history involved in my trip as well. Okay. So I try to pick a place which maybe encompasses all of that. Mm. Sometimes maybe I'm just bored of the heat of Mumbai and I want to go somewhere cold. Mm. So I look at something like that. So I think it's just looking at where I am right now and seeing what could I get from just a destination at a surface level and just picking places which could, could, could offer me that. But then going back to the tourist trap thing, which I think is probably much more relevant in terms of, you may pick a place. The place could be, the, for example, let's say Paris. Mm -hmm. Paris has the Eiffel Tower, which is probably the biggest tourist trap in the world. <laughs> in terms right. of, if you're in Paris, you're going to go to the Eiffel Tower no matter what, right? Right. But 
That's that's a great way to look at it, and you do want to do those tourist trap things because they're tourist traps for a reason because they are special, they are unique to that place. Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to do it anywhere else in the world, right? But how do you build your trip or build your time in that city around that tourist trap as well, where the tourist trap is not the center of attention for that destination? Yeah, not the only reason you're going there. Exactly, because there's so much more that a city has to offer, right? If I'm in Rome, the Colosseum is one small little thing, but there's so much more to the city of Rome than the Colosseum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's looking at also what are things which are off the beaten path. But I think the biggest way to do that is actually meeting people who are from that city or fellow travelers who've been there longer than you have. Mm. And a great way which I did this is staying in hostels because you can meet people who've live, who live and work at the hostels. So people who are from the city. Right. Or fellow travelers who've been there maybe a month, two months, maybe are just living there and working remotely from wherever their home country is. Mm-hmm. And that's just how they get by. And you can just learn so much from, both, from them both on how to travel but also how to live life in terms of in a new city, but also live it in a way where you are getting every small little bit out of the city as possible and still essentially doing those touristy things because it's not, it's not a bad thing to do the touristy things. There's a reason people do them mm-hmm. and they're still valuable and you still want to do those things, but you want to do it in a way which is encompassing of what the city truly is. Yeah. So then what was your thinking on Vietnam? What led you to go there? I mean, I've been there too, but it was at a much younger age and it was a decision that my parents made. So it's cool to see, like, you went there on your own accord. What was your thinking in going there? I mean, it was very, it was a much more boring answer than probably what I've been talking about right now. But it's just that I was in India for winter break, visiting family and friends. I thought, where is a country which I can get a visa very easily? Being an Indian passport holder, it's not the easiest to get visas in terms of just time-wise. And then also, which is, where is it going to be cheap? Vietnam is one of the cheapest countries in Asia. Definitely. And then also, safety. I think it was my first solo trip, so I didn't want to keep that in mind that Maybe I'm going to make a few mistakes on the way, which is a good thing when you're traveling as well. But I do, I do want to do that in a safe manner where I still enjoy the trip. And like I said earlier about what does Vietnam give me in terms of what do I want? It gives me a lot of nature, a lot of landscapes, a lot of history, a lot of culture. We all know about the US-Vietnam War, but also right. about just how that influenced Vietnam to this day. Mm-hmm. Something which when I went there, even though I didn't speak to people about that because I didn't know that was a touchy subject or not. Right. I could still see that in their architecture, in their history, in the way they reveal their leaders. Yeah. And just things like that is, the, the whole entire, the entirety about Vietnam is just that it's so unique. And that's really what led me to picking Vietnam as a place. Yeah. I like the point that you made about touchy subjects. I think that's like a very like big concern that people I think should have when you're traveling, right? Like knowing the history of these countries and what goes on in the countries, I think is super important as well. That yeah. being said though, like, would you say what would you say is like a hidden gem that you're looking to travel to or that you found in vietnam yeah so i was in this place called hoi an which is it's a small little town and it's there's a river the river is the main thing about the town and the river is nothing special it's just there but the whole town is centered around that river wherein you have bars and cafes on either side so there's actually one bank which is just bars and nightlife mm. and there's one bank which is coffee shops and restaurants mm. It's totally polar opposites. One is lively in the day, one's lively in the night. But it was just a one town where there was something special to that town. There's just a river, but there's still tourists who just keep coming. Right. And they're just always there. And I actually spoke to one of our friends who's an alumni, and I think Sharad and Jiren, you know him. His name's Kyle Vitali. Mm-hmm. He traveled to Vietnam and Thailand and Korea after graduation, did a little solo trip. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I, I spoke to him about it. And he's like, just go, go, go to Hoi An. It'll be an amazing experience. It's a small little town. And I went there and it was just amazing because he recommended this hostel where I stayed in. And the hostel owner, 
he would host these happy hours where he would give like free donuts or a free drink from 5 to 6 p.m. for example. And everyone in the hostel is there. They're all young people, all from around the world, from England, South Africa, India, France, the US, you name it, they're people from all around the world. Yeah. And you just get to meet these people because he's organizing these things. And it was just something which, the, the hostel's name, by the way, it's called Snap State. And if you ever go to Vietnam and you go to Hoi An, that's a place I just recommend because the location's fine. It's, it's not like it's a great location, but the way the owner facilitates solo travel, but also traveling where you can understand other people's perspectives, other people's way of travel, was really unique to me. And it, yeah. just, it just made me understand what travel's all about from other lenses. Yeah, absolutely. Is that makes me think about uh, whether or not you should travel in a group or solo. Like it sounds like a lot of the people you met there were staying solo or traveling solo or your friend traveled solo. Is that something? How do you guys think about traveling solo versus traveling in groups? Yeah, in general. So I can kind of provide kind of the flip perspective of, you know, I traveled in a group. And then with, maybe talk about the cadence of your traveling too, because yeah, since you're on like a school structure is a lot different, right? Right, right. It was very different. And plus, you know, the duration that I had kind of in the back of my head of how long I'm going to be here was also different, you know, than let's say a 10 day solo trip. Right, a little bit less urgency to do everything now. Right, yeah. exactly. And then you also said a lot of your classes were online as well, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I looked at this past six months, sometimes not even necessarily as travel, but an opportunity to test run, you know, a new city that I could potentially want to live in in the future, work with, or even just kind of be frequently coming back to. And so this was great, at least in the beginning where you kind of have no set guidance or instructions where, you know, let's say when you're working or doing a solo trip, but with a group uh, and kind of having these 30 other kids from U of I with me, as well as faculty from the university and faculty at the university there was great because you get a set kind of structure, not necessarily people holding your hand for the first two, three weeks, but providing you with guidance, recommendations right, right, for, right. hey, this might be a great you know restaurant to check out tonight, or hey, we've got this event from XYZ time. Thing you know, to always to, fall back on and know that you have something to do. Exactly. But I will say, you know, it's important to be kind of deliberate in the balance between consistently hanging out with the group when you're traveling or exploring a new city and, and doing things individually. I think there's growth that can help happen in both facets when you're always with the group, you know, you're expanding your social skills, your social identity and such as well, as well as just creating more interpersonal relationships with everybody in the group. But you also have to have the balance of doing things individually, because I think that's where you understand a little bit more about, you know, what motivates you, what your passions are. Uh, while I was in Vienna, you know, we would do several things in the evening together with people that I lived with in my dorm. The big thing was the community kitchen in the dorm. And I think that was huge between everybody on my floor, uh, which mainly consisted of kids from the US, Spain, and uh, my roommate was actually like a 31 year old from, I believe, Peru. And so at the end of the day, it was kind of just a mix of cultures. Everybody loves cooking different cuisines, primarily at different times. You know, I was more of a lot earlier. The Spaniards were a lot like nine, 10 o'clock in the hmm. kitchen, but that was a great way at least to have a new community and associate that to a group. But during the day, you know, taking the time to go individually, walk around the city, travel by foot, participate in events or activities that nobody else is involved in. I joined like a Wednesday night salsa class, joined like a Sunday afternoon basketball league, uh, you know, with people that weren't a part of, you know, the Illinois and Vienna program as well. So it's again, pushing me to meet more locals, uh, get a chance of understanding how they 
spend their specific time, specifically students that were in Vienna as well. So I think that's a great, you know, balance between of how you want to spend your time with a group as well as individually activities that are consistently kind of pushing you out of your comfort zone as well. Yeah, I like that. Of you have kind of a fallback structure. You also then because you were in Vienna for a long period of time, you're able to join longer form activities or groups mm-hmm. with with those people. Uh, that, that I would definitely be excited about the salsa class in the basketball league. That sounds oh, yeah. like a like a hell of a lot of fun. That's <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Uh, how would you? Is it important then to have, in your guys' opinion, some type of structure each day? Like if you're traveling, maybe moving through different countries quickly, or like mm-hmm. on a weekend trip, or in Vietnam, how do you guys go about structuring your day and saying, "Oh, do I just want to do like see what happens today?" or uh, how do you, cause I know on the days, for example, like on a weekend when I don't have anything in the day, I'll end up wasting a lot of time. And I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I can, I can yeah. get us started with this. I think one thing that I was able to kind of figure out towards like the middle and tail end of, of my trip was taking trips that were at least four days or more. The reason I say four is then, cause it allows you for the first day to pretty much do the things that maybe let's say excited you to go to that place in the first place. Okay. Sure. There are, like Ariman said, certain places ultimately and inevitably that you're going to see like any tourist traps but take kind of one day to pretty much see the big highlights of what that city's known for what primarily engaged you and encouraged you to go there Mm -hmm. i would say then you know day two three and four you know is kind of up to you but you know the structure that i kind of stuck to was having day two kind of be some kind of big activity excursion Mm -hmm. or you know several hour long experience Mm-hmm. Typically, you can find those through, you know, TripAdvisor, Viter, Airbnb, something like that. I just found again that was another cool way of exploring, you know, the uh, the a city through the lens of somebody that's, you know, cre- curated some sort of experience for you. Typically, it was a local. So, right. for a few of the trips that included surfing in Morocco, uh, specifically Agadir, which is their port city. Let's see, in Amsterdam, it was taking like the channel tours or cycling around the city and seeing big sites. So I would say kind of have a day that's focused on that. Then your last two days, you know, sometimes when I do, you asked earlier, like, where do you choose where you want to go? You know, I always ask myself kind of two questions. Is this going to be a destination that's a trip or a vacation? Mm. I think the difference between the two is a trip is much focused on you walking away from, you know, the quote unquote uh, travel experience with learning something about the place, yourself, or just future excitement for wanting to return. Whereas I think a vacation is a little more focused on kicking your feet up, relaxing, and, and more of an escape more than anything else, if that yeah, right. kind of makes sense. And I so, really like that distinction. I always, I, I think Ariman might agree with this too, but in terms of where he chooses destinations, but kind of leaning a little bit more towards a trip over a vacation. The second consideration is, is do I know somebody there that gives me an opportunity to visit? You know, I feel like People that know me know that I like to keep, you know, a lot of people in my personal life network kind of very close to me and stay on top of maintaining those connections. And so regardless of whatever city I'm at, if there's somebody that I've met along the way through college, high school, and hopefully now in the future with work, you know, best believe I'll try to make, you know, best effort to see those people. And so that's around day three, you get an opportunity to, let's say, have dinner with somebody, have lunch. And again, now you see the lens of the city through their experience. And you've already had one or two days now to experience it yourself. Right. You just continuously kind of reinforce that now a little bit in terms of, oh, hey, I noticed that place earlier. Good to see that like other people also find that that's a really popular lunch place or this is a nice place to, you know, just hang out and chill for a little bit. And then I think on the last day is 
whatever is left through what you've gained individually, through people you've met along the way, and now people that you visited. This is your kind of last opportunity to bring all of that together. And so like that's that. where I kind of feel like the duration of four days makes a lot of sense, but you can certainly jam pack a lot of that into fewer days, or you can take your time and take it a little bit slower. Cool. Yeah. Uh, is that kind of similar to how you think about it, Harriman? Very similar. I don't think the structure of my days were as, you know, I didn't start with doing everything. I think I kind of had three days in Hanoi, which is the capital, mm-hmm. and I reached maybe 5 a.m. Okay. So I had the entire day. And that day I just kept, I'm not going to do anything. I'm okay. just going to walk. I just walked around the lake, walked around like maybe around the touristy areas. Mm-hmm. Didn't really go and do anything, but just wanted to see the city for what it is and really understand where I am and what I'm getting myself into. And the second day I kind of did like the more touristy things where maybe it's something which is the people at the hostel recommended or maybe a fellow traveler recommended. And then the third day, what I would do is I would re-go and redo the things which I thought, mm-hmm. well, I love this. Not necessarily a museum or like a site, but maybe I want to go sit by the lake for maybe an hour or two. Maybe read a book there. Right. Maybe I want to go meet someone at these little local markets. Maybe I want to go sit inside a coffee shop for a bit longer. So I would just structure my days and my trips around these places where, okay, I'm going to get three days there. Is it enough? If it's not, I'm going to have to cram things in, right? Because that's just the way the destination is and what you kind of need to do. Mm-hmm. But if it's a bit more flexible and where I have maybe more time, which I found that I did in Hanoi, I could maybe be much more free with what I wanted to do and much more almost open with where I want to go, where I want to walk, where I want to almost sit and just stop for a second or two. And by a second or two, I mean an hour and just just relax, not really do anything, but just people watch. Yeah, that sounds so refreshing from the college hustle and grind of of always being busy and and always doing things. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I think something that we also want to talk about, I think both of you have great perspectives on this, especially you, Armand, is how travel has impacted your life and worldview. Obviously, as international students, travels everything to us. Uh, but I think it's cool that we get to hear from someone that studied abroad as well. And having lived here your whole life, or at least in Illinois, and then coming back, what you now think of the world and maybe if it's expanded your worldview a little bit. Yeah, I can take that one. So like you said, as an international student, I think coming to Champagne was probably the biggest time where I've been away from family for a longer period of time. And while I'm very, very grateful to travel and be able to be away from home, essentially, and explore these places, travel does make you much more grateful for what the city you're born in, the city you actually call home, is and what the people who live in that city are. Because, again, when I go back to Mumbai, there's still things which, like Jalen said about Champagne in itself, where we just haven't explored enough or we just haven't seen it, even though we've been here for four years. Even though I've lived in Mumbai for maybe 18 years of my life, I still know I've missed out on things that now I would like to go back and do. So every time I'm back there, I try to almost have like a bucket list where, okay, I want to do this. Maybe with my dad, I want to go to this different cafe for breakfast. Maybe with my friends, I want to go to this different club at night. Maybe I want to go see the flamingos when they migrate to Mumbai in winter. Like these random things, which I wouldn't normally do if I'm living in the city. Mm-hmm. But now I almost consider it to be a piece of travel because it's not home anymore. Yeah. But and you're there for a limited time. Exactly. And you're, you're not going to take it for granted, right? Because you're only there maybe three weeks in maybe a year or two. All right. You never know. Yeah. So that's just the way I look at that in terms of being more grateful for the city I'm in and even where I was from. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. I came back from six months with the kind of perspective of be a tourist in your own backyard now. You know, I've had the opportunity of living like 45 minutes away from downtown Chicago and I felt like 
I had only explored up until this point, maybe five or 10% of truly what the city has to offer. And so given that an opp- opportunity to, you know, to work downtown this past summer, made it a goal of, you know, every day after work, let's, let's try to find and explore another neighborhood of the city that I haven't seen as much or another experience. Or I think that's exactly what I gained from my six months out in Vienna was my way of exploring the entire city and the culture was by simply putting myself in the situation that locals or, you know, people that are traveling to Vienna do in order to make sense of the place. So you make sense of that. And in terms of how I did was sitting in restaurants, bars, cafes, taking things really slowly, not trying to do too many things in uh, in one day. Again, that also comes with knowing and expecting how many days I had there as well. But I really walked away with you know, there's much more to be seen that's that's simply just at the surface. And you you uncover that through conversation and being a part of that. So I'm really excited now. And I think moving forward, home, many cities are now home for me. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that I have history with or have spent a lot of time with, but a place that welcomed me. I have friends and family at, and now I'm simply excited to explore. Yeah. I love the idea that you travel to places based on whether you might have someone there to visit and now i'm sure you have more people so yeah going forward i think what are some of your future travel plans post-graduation where do you think you want to go and maybe do you want to take other people with you when you travel sure i would say two two cities that are kind of on my bucket list right now are tokyo japan oh yeah uh, and ever (laughs) right and mexico city Mm. i think both cities you know offer this like you, we had talked about earlier, again, these are two bigger, uh, quote unquote, glamorous cities. And so a lot of the uh, excitement kind of just comes organically. Like it's not something that you might have to purposely seek out or go out of your way for. But I think because it's so accessible in these cities, there's a community for, you know, anything that you might be looking for. That's one thing that I had taken a trip over to New York back in November of last year and realized, you know, with a population of, you know, three times the size of Chicago, I mean, you can find and cater to literally any experience you want on any given time or night, right, that you're there. So I think these are, again, cities that reinforce that as well. So I'm excited now to take my learnings and teachings from the last, you know, year of how to properly and thoroughly explore a city and apply it to two cities that I think uh, there's even more to learn from as well. Absolutely. And Armin? Yeah, for me, it's- it's definitely tricky because I don't think I have like a city in my, I, w- I didn't want to do Peru, but I think they're going through a bit of political tension. But right, right. just for the reason for Peru, just going back to what I'd spoken about earlier and how I pick a place is because it has everything in my opinion. It has a history with Machu Picchu. It has the adventure of the Amazon. It has the beaches in the Pacific. And it also has like great food and just great culture in their cities and capitals. Mm-hmm. But then another one, which is maybe a bit more realistic given everything that's going on, would be really anywhere in Europe. I think I've just not been to Europe probably since 2017 or 2019. And while it's only, well, that's only four years, I guess, it still feels like a lot. And Europe's just been a place which, again, with the history, with the food, the culture, mm-hmm. it's a place which I always feel like I'm going to get as much as I possibly can and as much as I like from that place. So I was seeing somewhere like Slovakia or even Slovenia, for example, just places which maybe people don't do that often. But Bosnia. Yeah, or Bosnia, Croatia, these kind of almost like hidden gems. Maybe Croatia are not as much anymore because people... Yeah are waking up to what it really is. But definitely these places, which otherwise people don't travel to that often, but they have some amazing natural beauty, but also some great culture and history. Are you planning on going by yourself then or with other people? Or 
I do want to do one alone. I think the first one to Vietnam definitely got me a bit hooked, mm. and I definitely found that being alone and just being by myself allowed me to do everything that I want to do. And there was no one around me really saying, "Oh, I want to do this." So right. now you got to yeah. do that. Compromising. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's like I'm only here for like seven days or eight days or whatever it is. Mm. I want to do what I want to do, and right. who knows just, when you'll be back? Yeah. Exactly. You don't even know if you're ever going to travel to that continent ever again. You just don't know, right? And It's like I don't want to compromise on that, and it's a selfish way to look at it. But I'm only 21, and mm. I've got enough years to travel with other people if I want. Yeah, I'm probably mm. not going to want to travel alone after maybe 50, 60. I don't really know, but that's maybe when I have family, kids, maybe even at 30, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I would just want to travel as much as I can alone right now, understand more about myself and about the city as a whole. Yeah, and then I think that's it's funny that you talk about that because we've had this group trip. To Southeast Asia with Jack and Evan on the back burner for a while now. I think uh, one thing that I want to talk about is they obviously haven't traveled that much. And on that topic, what would you both give as advice to people that haven't traveled that much? What would you say, especially for first-time solo travelers? What would you say? Any final thoughts on the importance of like travel in general? Yeah, I think when you're traveling solo, I think it's important, especially the first time, is The Cape Place, which is a bit familiar, and now Vietnam wasn't familiar to me at all, obviously. But it's again a place which I knew was safe, which I knew the language barrier wasn't going to be as much of an issue. Which, admittedly, it was a bit of an issue, but it wasn't significant. So I think think take a take a place which you're going to be comfortable in, relatively speaking, and go with that. But also something just about travel in general, and this isn't just for like people who are doing solo trips. This is really for anyone. Wake up early, see the city in the morning, and see it in. The bustling hours in the evening and at night, because what I found, especially in Hanoi, which is probably Vietnam's most most busy city, definitely not biggest in population, but at least the most busiest, was it was such a contrast in the morning when people are just calm doing like yoga or doing mm. jogs around the lake versus in the evening when people are just everywhere and you can barely move. Mm. But it just it was just a different scenery. It was just different clarity which I got both in my day and just seeing what a city can be like. As opposed to in the morning or most of the night, very good advice. Yeah, I'll kind of keep mine short and sweet, but in the form of a list as well. But you know, I think experience a city, you know, as if you were living there rather than a tourist. I think this is really important, no matter how many days you're there, because it'll just kind of remind you of your focus of while you're there. Second thing I would say is this really helped me kind of in that, like I said, first month of transitioning into a new culture was. You know, make it a goal to meet new people for a consecutive number of days, especially in a place where conversation can kind of be organic as well. I think that was huge in terms of uh, establishing a new friend group or network out in a place where you practically know nobody. Did you have a specific goal, a certain number? I had done month? it for a whole month. You had uh, what? for a whole month. So the of month one of, person a day. Yeah, it was one okay. person a day. So you know that was nice at least because classes had begun, or you know I had joined, like I said. Class, you know, classes of dance, sports, and stuff like that. So I'd put myself in positions at least to try to meet new people. And then if you know I was homebound at all for one entire day, then it was again just forcing you to go out and walk the streets. Two people the next and day and try to meet somebody. Yeah, got it. I w- on that same line, uh, you know, join a group activity with locals or other fellow travelers that you're with. I think again, it's just another way to uh, pass time as well as spend uh, time. You know, with people who are in a very similar boat as you, and and try to learn from each other that way. You know, because it just kind of comes organically. 
find a structure which kind of brings purpose to your day. I think that's a little bit more applicable if you're there for longer than let's just say 10 days. But that could be, you know, your school, your work. Um, I think that was really important. I think at least having a purpose for the place that you are traveling to or spending a longer period of time in. The second to last thing is balance between group and individual activities as each has their own purpose. Uh, as I kind of alluded to earlier, you grow in different facets and both support, you know, different areas of growth. And the last thing I would say is, you know, push your boundaries far beyond your own self-imposed kind of capabilities and comfort. I think oftentimes we are our biggest critic as well as biggest person to put a ceiling on yourself. Mm. I think if you kind of let that go and allow you to kind of say that this is an opportunity for me to start at zero. You know, I'd seen this graphic earlier today where um, it's kind of like the path that you take in life. And there are multiple places that multiple paths that you could have taken from the point that you were born until now, but there's just one defined path that you've taken thus far. But everything from today onto the future is an unlimited set of possibilities. And so no need to kind of put any kind of caps or self-imposed ceilings on yourself when, you know, you know, the world is your oyster at this point. Yeah. Cool. I think we'll wrap it up on that note. Thank you, Jalen and Ariman, for coming in today. I think there's a lot of tangible takeaways for everybody listening uh, from planning out three or four days on a travel, like what to do starting in a city, waking up early in the morning, seeing different parts of the city, literally everything you just mentioned, Jalen, I think it'd be a tangible takeaway. So it sounds like uh, people are going to be excited to travel post-graduation. I know I'm excited to get out and travel for a while. And Sherrod, it sounds like you're also going to be going places. So I think this is a conversation for people to take and take what they will out of it and uh, see how that helps you on the road. So thank you guys. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having Hey, are you still listening? If so, you've reached the end of the episode. As usual, you can find all of our updates on Instagram at surfacetension.pod and look for future releases on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.